What's up, everybody? This is the what Too Sweet Cowan Show today. Oh. Oh. Why do you got to take it? Oh, I'm go here ahead. too, bro. Okay, go ahead. This is Jamie Jack of all trades. Hinojosa, glad to be here. <laughs> this is Too Sweet Trevor Cowan. Where is Mike? I don't know. I don't care. This he is my podcast now. Never heard of him. <laughs> we're moving on from him. We don't need him. That's what we're fixing on showing with this episode. Never even heard of him. Wow. Y'all are going to forget about him, too. Oh, man. I miss him already. <clears throat> but this is Reforming Manhood, the podcast where we talk life from a Christian male perspective. Glad y'all are here. Yep. So, um, we've finished up our, uh, our recap of South Africa. That was well and good. Now we're back into our 1689 the Baptist meat, Confession. The but before we get to there... That's the most involvement the Luther preacher is going to have this week. <laughs> if what I can have smoking? anything to do with it. <laughs> so what are you smoking, Jamie? I have something new today. It is an Avo Uvenzian Nicaraguan Synchro. That must not be Spanish. It doesn't sound like it. Because I've heard you speak Spanish, and you're a lot more fluent than that. <laughs> First time smoking That's what with I get for hanging out with a bunch of white boys all the time. <laughs> a screen goes and ruined you. <laughs> Where'd you smoke it? Well, uh, this, this uh, it is a, a nice dark, uh, almost Maduro-ish uh, uh, color. Really good draw on it. I mean, zero resistance on it. I, uh, I put a little punch hole there, and uh, it's good. I'm liking it so far. Yeah, that's your first time smoking a Navo? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good. Cool. I've got a little pack of those over here, but I haven't smoked any of them. Somebody did smoke one of them, but I couldn't tell you who. Uh, today I am smoking, or at least right now I'm smoking, a uh, Arturo Fuente Hemingway short story. Um, it's a tiny little cigar. I have no idea how much it costs because it was gift from Jamie. Don't ask. Um, and... Uh, I've smoked one before a long time ago, um, but they're good, and they're a good little cigar. They're probably about, I don't know, nine inches, eight inches. Hmm. <laughs> about three. You tend to measure a little bit bigger than it actually is, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's a little cigar. It's not that bad, and uh, I see that I'm going to be smoking a uh, Cuban by the end of this. Predict that I'm going to be smoking a Cuban by the end of this. Good for you. Where'd you get that from? From Germany. A Cuban I got from Germany. Germany airport? These little tiny things. Yeah. Oh, Cohibas. Yes. Because remember, Africa threw mine away. (laughs) Jerks. (laughs) You know, just check it. I can tell you're hurt. Just check a bag before you throw it away, you know? (laughs) That's all I ask. Oh, man, that hurts to even think about. Anyways, so um, what are we doing today? So this week we're back in the 1689. Uh, for real though, Mike is in Florida, enjoying the beach without us. Yeah, some beach, you know. Mm, life is a beach. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about sanctification of that sanctification, chapter, chapter 13, thirteen of the 1689. So we're back in it. Um, we're gonna. It's a pretty short little. Uh, it's a pretty short little read. And so we're going to go ahead and read all of the paragraphs, and then we'll dive into each one of those. So you want to go ahead and read paragraph one? All right, paragraph one. 
Those who are united to Christ and effectually called are regenerated, have a new heart and a new spirit created in them through the power of Christ's death and resurrection. They are also further sanctified, really and personally, through the same power, by his word and spirit dwelling in them. The dominion of the whole body of sin is destroyed, and the various evil desires that arise from it are more and more weakened and put to death. At the same time, those called and regenerated are more and more enlivened and strengthened in all saving graces so that they practice true holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Mm. That's good. So we've called this one, we've called this section salvation versus sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, from start to finish there, you see kind of the whole the whole thing. You see that the Spirit was at work in our salvation. We see that the Spirit is at work in our sanctification. And we see, I mean, a promise at the end that sanctification will happen. And we'll get a true holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Um, let me ask you this before we move on to your uh, uh, J.C. Rowell quote. Monergism versus synergism. Yeah, tell me about that. What is that? Mm, I was going to ask you if you remember. I have no clue. Dang it. I was going to ask you. <laughs> uh, I don't know either. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So there's a debate out there with uh, sanctification. Um, is it the same as our salvation or is it different? And so we believe salvation is a complete work of God. This would be the word monergism. It's one-sided. God's doing all of the work. We're doing all of the sinning. But God did all the saving. Or is it synergistic that we participated in our salvation? Um, we believe that we do not participate in our salvation, that we just sin, and that God did all of our salvation. Yeah, I don't remember being on a cross at any time. Uh, Never have I been on a cross. I don't think. I don't remember a time I've ever been on a cross. Me neither. Um, I would remember something like that. I feel like that's something I would remember. <laughs> but, you know, I had some back pain last week. I took two Trimadol and slept like a baby. So, yeah. who knows? <laughs> um, but uh, the debate with uh, sanctification is, is it one-sided and only God is doing all of the work? Or is it us working in cooperation with the Holy Spirit? I used to think... And I had a hard time with it, that it was some magical process that I had zero investment and effort in. Mm. And uh, I was waiting. I was waiting to get changed, and I was waiting to stop what I was doing, which wasn't good stuff. Yeah. Uh, it never happened. Yeah. No, we see in Scripture <laughs> that there's definitely a work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's right. And so... There is a sense in which we are at work in our sanctification. We are killing sin. We are working in cooperation with the Holy Spirit um, and not working against the Holy Spirit. And we do that through spiritual discipline like prayer. Yeah, reading your word, having community of people of the same sex that will call out your sin. Mm -hmm. Um, We see all of that. Going to church. Yeah. Um, And so I do think that that sanctification is different from salvation in that we are to work with our work in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Um, but also, in sanctification, 
we're promised that the Holy Spirit will sanctify us. As it says at the end of this, um, where was it? The practice true holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Um, so we are promised that the Holy Spirit will sanctify us. Right. Will make us look like Christ. And there has to be evidence of that. Mm. You you have to be able to know who is being sanctified. Uh, R.C. Ryle, who is an uh, evangelical uh, angelic and bishop, in his book, Holiness, made this profound statement saying that sanctification is the only sure mark of God's election. The names and numbers of the elect are a secret thing, no doubt, which God has wisely kept in his own power and is not revealed to man. But if there is one thing clearly and plainly laid down about election, is this, that the elect men and women may be known and distinguished by holy lives. Mm, that's good. Yeah, and I think it, it also is a testament to like Ephesians 1 that says that the Holy Spirit is a guarantor of our inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not being sanctified, we do not have the Holy Spirit. Um, but if we are being sanctified, we're being made to look like Christ, we're only doing that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, J.C. Ryle, he's right. Absolutely right. Um, which I think is good to lead us into paragraph two here. Okay. Go ahead and read paragraph two. Paragraph two says, This sanctification extends throughout the whole person, though it is never completed in this life. Some corruption remains in every part. From this arises a continual and uh, irreconcilable war with the desire of the flesh against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Mm. So we call this one war with the flesh. Holy war, a jihad against the flesh. Yeah. So let me ask this question. Why do we do war? Why why should we do war with the flesh? Because is... Our our flesh's natural state is sin, mm. and God's natural state is holiness, mm. and we cannot approach God in our state of sin. Mm. And that's that's why we need to be sanctified. That's why we need to be changed. That's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit and our spiritual disciplines to get us to a closer state of what Christ was like, so that we can confidently approach His throne. Mm. And be, act, and look like his elect. Yeah. We also see, like, there are definitely, what's the word, I guess, side effects to not killing sin as a believer. And so, for an example, we see, like, uh, if a man doesn't love his wife well, then God doesn't hear his prayers. Hmm. Um, and that's written to believers. And so, if if that's true, then what else is there that I don't know make God cause God to turn His ear away from our prayers? Um, well, sin itself. I mean, it yeah. hinders our prayers. Yeah, it our prayer our life is hindered. Ineffectual. I I know I can look back at times of my life where I was in seasons of sin and I didn't want to pray. Yeah, yeah. You're I mean, to. you don't want to go to God. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I'm living in sin. 
You need to kill that sin. And not only that, it affects your relationships as well. I mean, yeah. I know many times where I I didn't want to come to church. I didn't want to go uh, spend time with the guys in Bible study because shame. Shame, yeah. it's so much easier to deal with when you're by yourself rather than confessing it mm-hmm. and, and repenting, especially in front of other, other men who hold you accountable, yeah. who love you, who want to help you through that, but... Yeah, sure is easier just to stay home, mm. call in sick, and and no, I'm not going to make it today. It. Mm-hmm. As much as I want to smoke a cigar, yeah, darn. yeah, and sneaking up on scripture hurts. Yeah, so you stop reading your Bible because mm. you're convicted. Being convicted hurts. Yeah, um, especially when you've got all that shame and guilt that you piled up upon yourself. Yeah, and and the more you do it, the harder it is to come mm. back and repent. Yeah. So. I think another reason we kill sin is... Um, I saw this with the... Uh, what was it? I, I don't know that this guy was a believer. Um, but he was a politician. And they were, they were debating something that he definitely did not want to do. And I don't remember what it was. But I remember looking at that guy as he walked up on stage to like go against his conscience Mm -hmm. he had a look on his face like he was defeated Mm -hmm. and uh, I think especially as we see with a lot of politicians the reason they're defeated is because somebody has something on them Mm -hmm. they have a uh, they have a uh, they're corrupt Mm -hmm. and uh, they have no leg to stand on and so I think as believers we also have that where if we're not killing sin, we don't feel like we can. How can I call someone else to repentance when I'm not repenting? Myself. When I'm not repenting myself, yeah. And people see that. People feel that. Yeah. You can. You can almost sense that. You're in compromised. The yeah. Compromised and ineffectual. Yeah. And it's hard to be obedient to our calling, the Great Commission, to mm. share the gospel when we're in that state. Mm. And so it, it just it breaks everything down and I, you know we, we will always have seasons of of sin and I'm not trying to justify it by any means but man it sure does make it hard to to do the work that God has set aside for us yeah and it compromises you and it's hard to get out of that mm-hmm. you know so so let me ask this uh, since we're talking about why we kill, why, why we do war with the flesh, why we kill sin, um, how? How do we do war with the flesh? It's our spiritual disciplines. Yeah. You know, it's for, for men, and, and I can only speak, you know, to men, <clears throat> we need that, that brotherhood, that fraternity of other believers to, to help us. Yeah. Uh, to, to, uh, it was a Genghis Khan's mother told him that, you know, with one arrow can be broken, but with a bunch of arrows, they can't be broken. Because mm. together, uh, as believers, as, as followers of Christ, we can help each other obtain this, well, not obtain it, but, but help us through this journey of sanctification. Mm. And, uh, and that's why we're here. That's why the church exists, is for that reason. Yeah, I think... I think that um, 
you're talking about fraternity. I think having other men in your life is one of the more important things that a man should have in his arsenal for doing war with the flesh and killing mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. We had a we did a uh, an impromptu. Uh, I don't know how to explain. We, we we sat around a campfire in Africa with a bunch of uh, other teenagers <clears throat> after the after the conference that we had, and it was like what maybe a dozen kids. Yeah, something like that. And uh, and uh, it was cold. Uh, we were in front of a fire, and it was winter there. The yeah, it's cold. But this one kid was talking about marriage and and, and his girlfriends and things like that, and. And was kind of proud of the fact that he didn't have any other guy friends because he felt all other guy friends would just lead him uh, into doing things he didn't want to do. Mm. And uh, or, I think, to, to or come, I think like trying to steal his girls. I think yeah. he'd mentioned something yeah. like that too. So we kind of had to come down on him, you know, yeah. and say uh, that's that's not the way to live. You need to surround yourself with with men that know your hopes, dreams, and fears. And I know that our listeners have heard that many, many times, but it's it's true. It's important. Mm. You know, you can surround yourself with a bunch of a bunch of girls and be friends with them and be completely happy, but they are not going to lead you like other men mm. would. Yeah. Also, um, having a bunch of girlfriends ends eventually. Yeah. Like once you get a girlfriend. <laughs> once you get a girlfriend. Once you get married, you don't have girlfriends anymore. Once no. you're married. No. No. And uh, it, it doesn't make sense to be alone like that. And I know that. Uh, first-hand experience mm. and um, when I when I uh, you know found my friends Mike and Trev and uh, started you know hanging out with those guys and, and uh, our wrestler guys that we have our, our men's ministry my life changed and I think it's for the better I became a better man and um, <clears throat> was was able to get through life better than than just mm. doing it by myself because when I'm by myself that's when I get in trouble. Yeah. Yep. I get that. Yeah, we need to be in uh, in fellowship with other men. Um, ladies listening, you need to be in fellowship with other women. Yep. Um, for all of the same reasons. Uh, I think also um, regularly being in church is important. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked several times. Mike has talked several times about... Uh, Sheep, their only defense being the flock. And, uh, sheep that go out on their own, they don't, they don't do well. Um, and, uh, I think we saw this, Mike talked about this a little bit while we were in Africa, where, or not Africa, while we were on our way back from Africa, Hmm. sleeping at the airport that night. (laughs) And, uh, he, uh, he talked about how, uh, everybody just kind of went their own way and, uh, Went and slept in different places, and he woke up in the middle of the night, and that dude was sitting there watching people sleep. Yeah, that creeper guy was just sitting there, just staring at the women, watching them sleep. But any women that walked off and went and slept somewhere else... They weren't under that protection. They weren't under the protection of Mike watching the creeper Mm -hmm. watch everyone sleep. Um, And so he couldn't promise that they were safe from creepers watching them sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, it does happen when you're within the fold you're in within the flock there's a shepherd i guess uh what do they call it like an under shepherd mm-hmm. pastors are typically called under shepherds because mm-hmm. there's there's christ as the shepherd and then there's those that he puts over the church 
there's under shepherds watching over the flock and protecting the flock and and feeding the flock just yeah like peter was told to do yeah <clears throat> um so being in a church being in the word um we're sanctified through our time in the word um i think personally family worship is a big deal too mm-hmm. spending time in worship mm-hmm. um we're definitely sanctified through that and it, in times of confession at family worship I don't see that often because I do family worship by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I've heard stories of people who um, they're confessing sin to their kids, like that they'd committed against their kids and asking their kids to forgive them while at family worship, things like that, which I think is really cool. Yeah, It's yeah. a good, it's a good uh, habit to instill in your family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, prayer also time of sanctification, taking your troubles and requests to God, all good things. Yeah, yeah. I find that I have to uh, write my prayers. It's mm. it's a lot better for me to to write them because I can stay focused and I can read and reread what I'm doing in order to really focus on my communion time with God. Because it's like, I mean, you, you don't go to to a king. And come unprepared. Mm. You know, you just don't do that. Yeah. Uh, when you're going before the throne of the king, you need to be prepared, and that's why. That's why you should write them down. Like you're about to present this to the creator of the universe, and um, that yeah, time is good, well spent. And I mean, especially when you're making uh, requests and, and and interceding on other people's behalf, you can go back to those prayers that mm. you've written and see what God's done in your life, and it's. It's empowering and it's faith building. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Watson says, uh, he has a quote that says, who would go to the, who would go to the king and play with a feather? Yeah. Um, just going to God distracted. Yeah. Distracted prayers. Um, I think also that's definitely something that I look back on is times where I've prayed to God and I can, I can look back and go, I know God heard and answered my prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an encouraging thing to me mm-hmm. and it's a sure, an assuring thing to me. To know, yeah, God hears my prayers. I know He hears my prayers mm-hmm. because I've seen it happen. Yeah, yeah. And you, you don't have to have like you know, pen and paper or, or parchment and quill or whatever. I mean, you can. There's plenty of apps out there. I have one app that's really good. It's called AnyType, mm. <clears throat> which is you know, it stays on your phone, doesn't go to any server or anything like that. It's, it's password protected, but it's a great place for you know, uh, keeping stuff. And uh, referring back to it, and, and has a really good way of searching things. And it's just like, I mean, we, we sit there and write text all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, text your petition to God. You're right there in that little app on your phone. You know, when you're when you're waiting for something, or when you're in your quiet time, and it's there. It's there, easy to access and go back and, and build your faith from. You know. Yeah. All right. Paragraph three. Oh, did you have anything else on? How to do war with the flesh? No, I, I did have a question for you, though. Okay. Is there ever a time in your life that you have seen sanctification happen um, that you can look back on and know that you've changed and you'll never go back to that? Nope. Moving on. <laughs> You're still working. Still working on it. Um. Yeah, I uh, 
I believe I believe God gave me a brain tumor um, to kill my addiction to pornography. That killed your your addiction? Yes. So it wasn't just a sanctification. It was an actual physical I, thing I, that happened. I, be, I believe God did that. Um, and uh, used my... Use my brain tumor to preserve me um, from not going and doing more stupid things throughout mm-hmm. high school. Because mm-hmm. um, it's easy. It's yeah. so easy. And I know everyone listening to it, and even me, deal with it every single day. And that's that's why I have to have covenant eyes on everything. Because mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm alone and I got access, whew, it's very hard. Yeah. Very hard. Yep. Yeah, that's part of the accountability we we talked about with especially with things like covenant eyes, for sure. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I think for myself, um, I've been I've been, or I started cussing in the second grade, so seven seven years old. So cussing, starting at seven, it was it was early. And uh, if you're I not starting to, as a child. There's really no point in starting after that. I know. Uh, and uh, I used to could uh, cuss uh, and make sailors blush. Mm. And it was it. I had some spicy language and uh, in uh, English and Spanish. I'm oh sure. man, I could cuss in all kinds of languages <laughs> and even make up my own language. Uh, and not not to say that I'm completely over it, but. I, I don't do it. I, I work very hard not to. And in you know, when you're with other guys that, that don't necessarily think that way, well, you just are acutely aware of it. Mm. And uh, and uh, you can tell, um, at least from what I can tell, is that people do that just because they feel like they need to be heard, and, and uh, what they're saying doesn't really matter. Mm. And so they cuss in order to. I don't know, spice up the ears mm. and, and, and make themselves heard, which you don't really remember what they say. You just remember how they said it. Mm. And so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's something I don't do anymore. Something I'd rather not do. Of course, you know, when I put a bread nail through my finger and fingernail it. Yeah. 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 I, I, I drive in Lubbock traffic. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's real hard not to suppress that, that, um, that blackness. Yeah, that's in my soul. Uh, but uh, you know, and it reminds me of of, of uh, what Jesus was saying in in, in Matthew twenty eight that uh, it's not it's not what goes into our mouths that defiles us; it's, it's what comes out of it. And um, so, I, I think that's a, it's a it's a big example of uh, what what the Holy Spirit has done in my life uh, to sanctify me, and um, pretty proud of it. To be honest with you, but there's still a whole lot more work that needs to be done. Yeah. So, for sure. Um, paragraph three. All right, paragraph three. I think this is a, this is a good place to to end it. Give us some hope. Yeah. In this war, the remaining corruption may greatly prevail for a time. Yet, through the continual supply of strength from the sanctifying Spirit of Christ, the regenerate part overcomes. So the saints grow in grace, perfecting holiness and fear of God. They pursue a heavenly life 
in gospel obedience to all the commands that Christ is, as head and king has given them in his word. Mm. Yeah, I... Uh, so there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I, I, I mean, I called this one perseverance of the saints. It's, it's not perseverance of the saints, but... But in a way, it is. I mean, we're promised that that the Spirit will overcome these sins yeah. in our life. Yeah, and I think that's at least when I first started as a Christian. Well, of course, you know, I'd sin, and then I would think, okay, that's it. You know, God doesn't love me anymore. I'm I'm screwed. I messed up, and then there's there's no forgiveness because I'm not holy anymore. But it's it's uh, it's good news, knowing that you just have to persevere. You just have to get back up, repent, and believe the gospel, repent, mm. and believe the gospel. And I had to preach that to myself every day in order to suppress and keep that that shame monster from consuming me completely and just causing me to just say, "All right, I give up. I, there's no way I could be that good." And I know many many guys in my life. Uh, that feel that way. Why? Why should I do this if all I'm going to do is just fall anyways? Um, but that's the good news of the gospel: is that uh, we can get back up. We still have a Father that is eternally gracious, and and uh, a Savior that has has died for us and paid the the price for us to uh, to be reconciled to God. Mm. Yeah, he uh, he talks about this uh, in this section. Um, There's a continual supply of strength from the sanctifying Spirit of Christ. He gives us strength to do these things. He gives us strength to to overcome sin, to confess sin, to repent of our sins, to go back to Christ, like you're talking about. Um, and he, and then it goes on to say, so the saints grow in grace, perfecting holiness and the fear of God. Um, That's they, part of be, being in war. Yeah, you can't just go into battle and say, "Okay, I, we're done." No, mm-hmm. it's it's a continual. That's cool. Cool. Atomic bomb dropping. That's really <laughs> loud. Sorry, guys. Um, I guess that's the end of the world. There's a fire in Tohoka, Texas. <laughs> um, that's what that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, we. The like like you're talking about, it's a war. It's it's this killing sin. It's um, it's something we have to be on guard on consistently. That siren is always going off, and we always have to be prepared. You see how I worked that in there? Yeah, you did. And it's just getting. It feels like it's just, is it just getting louder? Is that just me? I think it's just you. It feels it's, like it's getting. It's louder. equally annoying. Yeah, it'll go away eventually. Um. But yeah, so uh, what was our, our, our take-home on this? What, what would you say for a take-home on this, you personally? I think, uh, I think sanctification is, is not a passive uh, activity. It's not something that we uh, expect that magically happen. Uh, it's, it's us being in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, uh, working diligently in these spiritual disciplines to uh, obtain righteousness, for the rest of our lives until we are ultimately glorified in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I, I broke down simply, kill sin and don't fight against the Spirit. Um, this is going to take acting like men. 
and fighting against things that you don't necessarily see um, and having men in your life to help see those things that you don't necessarily see mm-hmm. and uh, killing those things and and uh, fighting against the flesh. Um, like Paul in Romans 7, right? Trying to not do the things that you don't want to do. <laughs> the things um, you hate. The things that you hate, yep. So that's our, that's our take home, guys. Kill sin. Don't fight against the spirit. Uh, what you smoking? Uh, I'm still smoking this Avo, and it's delicious, and uh, I do recommend it. It is a little bit on the pricey side, but, uh, you know, we don't smoke every day. These are all special occasions, so. Yeah. You know, 14 bucks isn't too bad. Next to the Davidoff. That's how you know they're on the pricey that's side. That's right. It was yeah. right next to the Davidoff, so. Yep. Uh, and I actually never made it through my Hemingway short story. So much for being a short story, you know. Um, but it's good. At first, the very first smoke, it had a, just a little bit of almost a sweet flavor to it. Huh. Like it's not a sweet cigar, but it had just a little bit of a sweet flavor to it at, at the very first smoke. And then at now the beginning that of the story. Yeah, the beginning of the story. It's nice and sweet. <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, towards the end, it's, it's still just smooth. And it's got a good draw, and the flavor—it's not sweet anymore, but it's not bitter either. Yeah, it's just a nice little smoke. And it's actually like five inches, not nine. What? <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> Anyways, you guys don't forget to like, share, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and go to our Facebook group, Performing Manhood, where we can continue the conversation about sanctification and killing sin. That's right. All right, guys. My name is uh, Too Sweet Trevor Cowan. And I'm Jamie the Sin Killer in Osa. <laughs> you guys be sweet. Show Jesus. See ya. Later. Later.